Hello, everybody, and welcome to My EdTech Life. I am your host, Fonz, and you can find us here on Twitter at My EdTech Life. And today we have a rocking show. Ladies and gentlemen, I know it has been trying times, but it doesn't mean that you can't still rock your class. And today it's a show that I've been waiting for all week. I've been excited because it's just amazing that. I Honestly, I just never thought that I would have, you know, I have great guests, but I just never thought that I would run or actually have the opportunity to have an awesome guest here, like Etienne, who is very well known, who is an author, he does conferences, and more than anything, he shows teachers how to rock their class. So Etienne, thank you so much for being here this morning. I really appreciate you uh, taking the time out of your day to be here. As you know, many of our listeners here may just be sipping on that first cup of coffee, maybe fixing some breakfast, listening to us live and so on. So thank you so much for being here. And Etienne, just in case, you know, for the world that may be out there and our listeners that may not be too familiar, um, you know, with your background and so on, just tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got into education, because that is a very interesting story. Okay. Wow. That's a loaded question. All right. Well, welcome. And thank you, Fonz, for having me on the mm -hmm. show. I appreciate it very much because I, I, I'll take any opportunity to talk about education because I'm always fired up and excited and ready to rock when it comes to education. Um, I am a K to 12 teacher. I've taught, you name the subject, I've taught it across the board. I spent most of my <laughs> 28 plus years though, teaching French. I'm a department head at Sandwich Secondary School in LaSalle, Ontario, Canada. Shout out to my Canadian friends out there. And um, basically how I got into education, that that's the, the short version of the story is I never wanted to be a teacher ever. I was a class clown and uh, not a rude one, but I was always the guy uh, in the back of the class who would do impressions. Um, give funny answers uh, when the teacher asked a question. And I always thought I was helping the teacher. That was my MO. I thought I was I literally thought I was helping the teacher because the class was boring and dry. And I thought I was helping out. Um, that's, that's the kind of guy I was. So basically being a teacher was never, never a thought of mine ever. Um, I actually went to a university and I just was getting a, a degree in, in uh, French language and literature because my whole sole focus focus was to become uh, an RCMP officer. That's uh, that's what I wanted to be. And when I was in university, I saw some of my friends applying for a teacher's college. And I was wondering, yeah, what is this teacher's college thing? And I thought, well, you know what? Everybody needs a backup plan. If I'm going to be a police officer, what if I get shot? I need a, a back background plan B type thing. So I, I did. I applied to teacher's college. I got in. And uh, from the very first day, uh, there was this, this, this guy giving an awesome keynote talking about... Uh, how cool it is to be a teacher. And I was just looking at him and I'm like, yeah, I'm going to give this a try. And, and, uh, fell in love with it literally from day one. And I was like, no, 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 this is what I want to do. I want to be the teacher that I kind of never hardly ever had. Let's put it that way. I'll say not, not ever, never had, 
but hardly ever had, if you follow what I mean. Yeah. And, you know, Etienne, this is something that's very interesting because when I was, you know, doing my research and just getting to know a little bit more about you, I was like, wow, like, you know, we have that in common in the fact that once I, I when I was in high school, uh, you know, getting ready to graduate, getting ready to go to university, you know, I noticed that a lot of the the older, you know, graduated graduates from, you know, two or three years and some of my friends were going to school for education. You know, they wanted to be teachers. And I was like, oh, man, this, why would you want to be a teacher? I was like that. No way. So I went to university and I was like, all right, I'm going to do uh, business administration because that's where the big money is. I want money. I want to make it, you know, and start making thousands of thousands and thousands of dollars and just thought like, hey, you know what? My life is set. Well, went through uh, university, graduated with a bachelor's in business administration, started working uh, in business, you know, in my specific areas, marketing, but started working in business. Oh, but yeah. I had a very terrible experience just, you know, I guess it, it was just the way the management, things of that sort. I won't, I won't, I'm not going to say where I, I had that experience, but it just kind of dawned on me and I was like, you know, maybe this isn't for me, you know, the things that they're asking to do just to kind of don't kind of fit with my, the person that I am. So sure. uh, I just said, you know what, Ian, let's, let's see what else is out there. And at the time, you know, my dad also uh, had a, just a, some health issues. So I, I just needed to be at home a little bit more, be more accessible. Well, then I get a phone call from a friend of mine. He's like, Hey, you know, they're, they're hiring. They need some math teachers, you know, at the local high school. And I was like, all right, cool. So went and interviewed and the interview was about 10, 15 minutes. And they're like, all right, we'll call you back. And sure enough, I get a call back. And all of a sudden I went from business and marketing into a classroom teaching algebra in ninth grade and with no teaching experience. I mean, right. no, none, no interaction with students. How do you reach out to students and so on? But the one thing that did help out was the marketing experience. And I, I tell people and I joke around, I said, you know what, I was personalizing my learning before personalized learning was a buzzword because, but I didn't know because I used my marketing skills. <laughs> I said, you know what, I have 30 different customers that I have to sell my subject to. Right. And not every customer is going to learn it the same way or every student. So I have to sell it to them. And here I am 15 years later in education and I couldn't be more passionate about yeah. what I'm doing now. And so to hear your story, I'm like, you know, that's great that th I'm not the only one. There are people out there that just fall into education and then they just fall in love with it and helping students and, you know, just trying to do their best to, to help everybody within, you know, professional learning networks or communities. And I'm so excited that you're here because you definitely, you know, your book, your conferences, you know, I, reading reviews. I mean, you're doing some amazing stuff. So I'm really excited that you're here sharing your story with us. No, that's cool. Yeah, no, I, I'm very blessed, but I'm glad that you brought up marketing because uh, for two reasons. One, marketing was my absolute favorite class in high school. <laughs> it was my, I had my best market marketing. I still remember, the, I think I remember the definition today. Okay, marketing is a total system of integrated business activities designed to plan, price, promote, and distribute goods and services <laughs> for both present and potential customers. <laughs> Look at I that. even know the book definition of marketing. And the fact is that, yeah, absolutely. That's when, when we're in front of our class, we, in a way, we're, we are selling 
our product, which is our subject area. And, and we're also, as a bonus, the extra set of Ginsu knives that goes with it is our passion. Uh, that that we're we're selling that too, and it comes it comes right through. And uh, when you got that passion, the kids buy in big time. Yeah, definitely. And so, what we need to do now, and and what I love about your book, and just in reading, um, you know, is how you bring that passion. I mean, you bring it to the classroom, but you want to also share that passion with teachers. I mean we got to think about it and, and just being honest, you know, from March, you know, on to this point, it hasn't been very easy for our teachers just having to take what they normally do in their day-to-day -day setting where they feel most comfortable within the four walls where you are the master of your domain. And all of a sudden that just gets turned right around. And now you are pretty much living in front of a camera, trying to do the same things, but it's very different. So um, I love the fact that you share, and I'm going to share your website in a while. I already shared the link, but you do have some great creative ways to engage students, both in, in person, in class, and online. And that's something that I think a lot of teachers are really looking for. And so I know, you know, I, just share a little bit about some sure. of the things and some of your work that you're doing and helping our educators today just kind of, you know, get over you know not, i don't want to say go get over this but just to help them out during these tough times no absolutely first of all i gotta tell you um i'm i'm one of those crazy teachers who loves change and loves challenge mm -hmm. so when when march hit i actually was like all right what can we do um which i realize is not the norm <laughs> but i was was so excited and uh the the book actually was just about to release and, and we, we talked about it, uh, Brian and I from Codebreaker Publishing, hey Brian, uh, we talked about, uh, should we release this? Should we wait? Like what, what is this COVID thing? Cause it had, it had just struck. And, and Brian's like, no, 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 this, this is, this has got to go out. This book is for right now. Like, and, uh, and so I'm glad that we did that because it's, it's literally, I mean, it's how crazy that's like, it's been, number one in nine different categories on Amazon consistently for like six or seven months now. Like that is insane. Um, but I think what the book has is it has that, that the crazy passion that I'm showing right now, <laughs> um, it comes right through the book. The book itself is actually quite simple. And I, I mean, is that not one of the keys to teaching is keeping things simple? Yes. If we, if we if we start going, oh, I got to do this, or we stay up until two a.m. making lesson plans because we feel guilty. If we don't stay up till two a.m. to make tomorrow's lessons plan, then we're not being a true teacher. We, we, we're sometimes off in the way we think. When actually, they, they just they just want us to be passionate, to be true to who we are. And my philosophy basically is that we are all teacher rock stars. Okay, so the book is called Rock Your Class because um, I'm blessed. I have I live a Hannah Montana life. <laughs> uh, where I am an educator, but I'm also uh, an edu rocker or whatever title you want to give give me. But I literally tour all over the world, uh, doing shows in solo theaters and arenas everywhere, uh, doing educational music, helping kids learn Spanish and French and, and ESL and things like that. And I learned a lot of lessons over my continued years, I'm still doing it, um, of touring on the road. And I really realized very quickly into uh, my years of doing this, that there is not much more difference than being on stage in front of 5,000 people 
or being in the classroom in front of, well, sometimes packed 40. <laughs> uh, I don't know, every year it seems like they try to pack more students into our classroom. <laughs> but anyways, and so uh, what I do with the book is about, is it just takes stories. I, I share stories from the road, stories that people, never, I've never shared these stories in TV interviews or magazines or anything like that. So I share some stories, but I parlay each story into a concrete, actually useful idea or strategy. And often with a QR code that you just swipe and boom, the lesson plan comes onto your lap, no matter what you're teaching, K to 12, doesn't matter what it is. Again, keeping it simple, because I know that our colleagues, we do not have a lot of time. And now we're in COVID mode. And it's like, now what do I, what do I really, really do? And I, I just want to say something, because I love what you said about the master of, of your domain. Um, that's something that I believe actually got lost yes. um, in translation. And I want to encourage all your, your listeners and viewers that all you teachers out there, you still are. And it's really important to know that you are so much so that you can hit that reset button anytime you want. If you don't like the way things are going, just hit the reset button. You can change the rules. You can change your teaching style. You can change everything. You can do it. I sometimes do that just for my own pleasure. And my students are just like, wait, wait, I thought we were going to, I'm like, no, no, no. We're going to do something better. And they're like, what? <laughs> so absolutely. Yeah. And I think you, you hit on that just at a good point, the reset button. Oftentimes, you know, as teachers, you know, you go through your years, you already have your lessons down. You're doing, you know, you know what to do. But I think that sometimes that reset button is can be very scary for a lot of teachers. And because they're so used to doing things a certain way and having that control, but it's okay to not have control. We are human. It's okay if a lesson doesn't go the way that it should. But like you said, okay, I see that maybe I'm losing some of the kids. Maybe it didn't go the way I planned. Boom, let's reset you know what, maybe we'll revisit this a concept tomorrow, or you know what, let's take it in this direction. But it's okay to show that you're vulnerable. It's okay yeah. that you aren't the subject matter expert that you, that, you know, you're perceived to be. And that's one lesson that in the 11 years, uh, 12 years that I was in the classroom before being in this position is something that I learned. And it actually helped me you know, at least health-wise, like men, just keep my mental health. I say, you know what? I can go out there and I can plan a lesson and it can crash and burn. But you know what? I just say, you know what? I learned from this. But more than anything, the students saw that maybe the things weren't going the, the correct way. And they were just like, hey, Mr. Mendoza, you know what? This Maybe it's not working. Can we try it this way? And you know what? That's what I love the most is that the students said, hey, you know what, I this kind of works here, but let's try it this way. And now we're learning together. Absolutely. It's not it's not more like the sage on the stage, kind of like, you know, I'm not nope. here. It's we're all in this together, building that community. And that really helped me out so much. And the reset button teachers, if you're out there, Etienne, just this is a wonderful example. Hit the reset button. You are those masters of your domain. If something's not working, stop, relax look, you know, explore it later, come back to it and try it a different way, you know? So that's no, awesome. Absolutely. I think that when, um, I love that, what you were just saying there about involving the students, because what you learn really quickly when you look through my book is that even though it says rock your class and it looks like the whole idea is for us as teachers to just go, you know, Wah! 
and just give this amazing performance and, and wow the students to the point that where, where they almost learn through osmosis or whatever. Um, no, the actual entire point of the book is to do what you do best using your passion and using the strategies and tips that, that, that I offer and the lesson plans that plop on your lap and all those things like that. You try those different things. All, every one of them flips things around to the students and allows them to be the true rock stars of the classroom and involving them in that process. I, I talk about that right from the beginning. It's a, the book is an A to Z book of tips and or A to Z of tips. And basically, right the very first one, A, uh, it talks about the, the lay of the land. So it talks about your, your physical setup of the classroom, but it actually talks about involving your students in the creation of changing around your classroom. The other thing that I wanted to, to grab from what you just said, because it was another really cool nugget, was health. Um, chapter H in my book is healthy teach yourself or heal thy teach yourself. So please on that word, healthy. And I think that is of utmost importance right now, uh, particular mental health. It's a, it's a big thing for me. I'm actually wearing my, my kids help phone, uh, my kids help phone shirt. I'm an ambassador for kids help phone, which is uh, really big across Canada. It, it, I, we have to take care of ourselves first. So I'm glad you brought that up because that's something that we miss as well as teachers because we'll go, Oh, I'll, I'll go to the doctor after I retire. Like, do you know what I mean? We, we don't take care of ourselves first and we really need to because our students do need us. They do rely on us. They, 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 they look up to us, whether you want to believe that or not, they really, really do. And, uh, if you're not taking care of yourself, you're not going to be able to deliver your best self to your students. Exactly. And I think that's something that's very important, uh, especially now, you know, and there was a comment here by one of our viewers, Q the librarian, shout out to Q. She's amazing. She's been on the show before. And her comment was exhaustion doesn't always mean productivity. And so sometimes, you know, in, in educator setting, it's yeah. if you're not working till 2am, like, you know, or doing this and preparing, it's like you're seeing like you're not doing your job. I was like, that that's not the way it works. You know, that's just a, a toxic environment. And especially for mental health and, and just your overall health altogether. I mean, talk about teacher burnout. I mean, that that's definitely something that is that we need to be very careful with. And so, but like you said, one of the things that I, I want to kind of just bounce off is I loved what you said as far as allowing the students to take part and, and play an active role. You know, oftentimes, again, as a teacher, you're the only active person in your classroom as you walk around and you're giving lessons. But when you give the students that active role, like you said, to create that change, to create a space that is conducive to learning for them and the way that they learn, because we, we got to understand we have multimodal learners. And oftentimes, sure. maybe in the States, we focus too much on standardized testing. But standardized testing, you know, when you've got multimodal learners that learn visually, that learn kinesthetically, <laughs> and so on, you, you really need to provide a space for every type of learner. And I love the fact that you said it's important to include our, our students in that because they're taking that ownership of their learning. They're, they're not, it, and oftentimes t teachers may feel like, well, no, they're taking the power away from me. <laughs> they're not, you know, you're still the master of, the, of, the, of that domain. You're giving them, though, the ability to feel comfortable, create a, a, a you know, an environment of psychological safety where the students can feel comfortable conversing, opening up, helping each other out, peer-to-peer -peer conversations, and then you can really go deep into those lessons. So I think okay. that's something that's awesome. 
Exactly. Can I give two examples for, yes, for your of, viewers? Okay. Of course. <laughs> so here's here's two things that you can do no matter what subject area you teach, K to 12. So uh, I don't know whether you guys out there are teaching hybrid or you're in class or you're online or maybe you're just underwater. I don't know what your personal situation <laughs> is. But here's something that when you get back to class, you can do. When I talked about the first chapter, a lay of the land, uh, there's a couple of things you could do. I'll just give one example though. So uh, I teach French. And so if I have my grade 10 French class, for example, I could take my boring rows that I have in my classroom and I can convert the entire room into the city of Paris. So what I do is I'll take the rows and I'll cluster them into groups. So there'll be like maybe five or six groups of students and I have them out throughout the classroom. And what I do is I put a pretend river Seine that flows through the middle of it. And those groups become les arrondissements de Paris, which are the little Paris neighborhoods that Paris itself is divided into 20 arrondissements. And the students get into the arrondissement. And what we do is I make them learn all about their arrondissement. And every day I give them a real life task to do, like um, looking for an apartment. And then the next day I might be looking for a job. And then the next day I have a little mailbox. So they come in and they grab uh, their actual task of the day from their mailbox. They go to their arrondissement and they look at each other and go, all right, what are we doing today? Oh, we're grocery <laughs> shopping. Or we're going to give a tour of our arrondissement. Um, and it's great. Like I put uh, corrugated blue paper on the two sides of the uh, classroom. So you, you can see that's where the river flows through. Okay. So you get this visual idea, but my students help me create that. And another way of doing, another way of involving students, um, this could be done with any subject area, but I'll just pick history, for example. When I teach history, before we open up the textbook and start anything, uh, for me, what's important about history is not just like the dates and memorizing facts and stuff like that. It's learning about the people who created the history and learning how to understand that from our own perspective. That's what's important to me as a history teacher. So before we actually open up the textbook, I have the students look at the back of the index to see all the names of these, these, these characters, these people that they've mostly never heard of that, that created the history we're about to teach and learn about. And so what I do is I have the students uh, do the, this pie grade to figure out who are the most important people in this history textbook. And we whittle it down to who are the 30 most mentioned characters. Then what I do is I assign those 30 to the 30 students in my class. They have to do a little research about who they are. Then they have to become this person. And we have a, a, like a history night where we have a wine and cheese party. And so you'll have Queen Elizabeth, you'll have Hitler, you'll have John F. Kennedy, you'll have all these characters. I, I bring them into my classroom. We have a, a fake wine and cheese party and they have to meet other characters. We haven't even started the school year yet. The semester hasn't even begun. And after this week or week and a half project that, that I do to start off the year, I now have 30 experts in the 30 most important historical figures that we're going to cover this year that I can go to at any moment and say, hey, JFK, okay, did he not do this, this, or that? And then the student knows. Not only that, at that wine and cheese, I make them meet five different characters, okay? And then at the end, the project ends with them having to write a letter to their mom that talks about the party and these five awesome people that they met. So they, they learn about themselves and they learn about five other by extension. And it's really great to watch because you literally see how different political figures will not sit and talk with each other. They learned enough of other characters to know I don't associate with them, I, but I'm with them and I'm alliance with them. And, um, and then, of course, our history covers about 125 years. So it's really neat to also see characters who are some are still living and some who have, have passed 
um, interacting as well. I involved the students. I didn't even touch the textbook. But I can tell you that I dare say that in those one and a half first two weeks of school, some of those students may have learned more in those two weeks than they may have in another traditional setting somewhere else in another high school. I don't know. What do you feel about yeah, that? No, I, I completely agree with you. I mean, it's just those moments that can create a wonderful impact. And it there's so much power that as a teacher one has to do what you do and you're you're allowing the students to be creative you're allowing the students to participate and like you said there's they're actively learning they're moving around they're studying like you said their own character they're getting to know the other characters and i mean isn't that what really life is all about i mean you really have to know yourself then you're meeting as you meet people, you get to meet them as well. And then I love the activity, the, you know, the close activity is like write a letter to your mom. What did you learn about these people? But I mean, now you've got the student's attention, they're engaged. And like you said, they are those experts in the classroom. Going off of what you said, I did an activity when I was doing social studies and doing social studies in fifth grade. And so what I started doing is I created a podcast with my kids and it was a mock podcast. But what we did is each student and I didn't quite do it the way that you did. But each student, what I did is I made them write out on paper, you know, their name and they were all doctors. So it was like, for example, we had uh, Dr. Ava Garza and then they would write down what university they were from. So as what what I did is I would walk around and we were doing uh, World War Two. I would just walk around with my phone and say, hey, you know what? And we had a little kid who was there by my phone causing the phone to ring. So he'd say, oh, we've got another caller. And so they would ask a question regarding, you know, World War One, And then they'd say, oh, and then I'd say, okay, Dr. Ava Garza from the University of Texas, renowned, you know, historian and so on. Can you please, you know, tell us a little bit about what you think about the question? We recorded that podcast and then I shared it out with the parents. The kids loved it. The parents yeah. loved it. But I think what they loved the most is that you gave them that that title of doctor. You gave them like that sense of pride, like, wow, like I matter. And, and they were so engaged with that. They learned about the subject matter. We had fun. And then after that, everybody was like, oh, Dr. Garza. Oh, Dr. Deyes, how are you today, doctor? And that's great because now it's like, you're empowering them. They feel yeah. that they can do this. So those are some just great activities that teachers can do. And just to think outside the box and really, you know, let the, let the students take ownership and you're just empowering their learning. Absolutely. Ownership. And, and I love the uh, two things I want to touch on. I love how um, you involve the parents. So I'm going to share something in a second mm -hmm. about that. Um, but I think the reason that they, they love activities like the ones that we're describing is because they're, they're immersed and based in real life so they're, they're they're living the subject area podcasts are real they're out there people and so now the students in your case are part of these podcasts in my history example the students become the historical figures like you can't you can't learn more than actually being so being and doing so actually oh i mean that, that's that's so exciting but that that parent piece has now become more important than absolutely ever particularly for those of us who are teaching online and, and, you know, what do you do? I'm going to tell you, I mean, one way March definitely uh, changed things around is uh, our band, New. We were on, uh, the name of our band is New. We were 
uh, doing a U.S. tour, right? And it could cut right in the middle of our U.S. tour. So we had to come home from the U.S. and we we're waiting and hoping, hoping to come back and we couldn't. So the thing was, okay, now what do we do? And we had, um, I as Etienne had a, a lot of uh, concert engagements that were coming up and it was like, what do we do? Cause I can't get out in person. And so there was about seven different consultants from across Canada and us. And they, they got together with me and they go, we got, we got to, we, we can do something. And I'm like, yeah, we can, but what do we do? So we started to do online shows. And now I do online shows right here from my studio. This is the same studio where I, I made a lot of the music that I go out and perform all over New Zealand, Australia, all over the world. All right. Well now I'm doing it online and we literally ha have been doing, we have shows uh, that we've already done and shows booked in Europe, Canada, us everywhere. But what we did was we flipped it around. We flipped it around. We made the show about the students. And so now I do concert interviews and in these concert interviews, the students, very much like your podcasting, the students ask Etienne, okay, they ask me questions uh, that they, they, they wanted to, to, to know or things like that, and we give them uh, questions to practice. So this is in French, just so, so you know. So they're practicing their French. But the concert is at about an hour long, and it's live. And it's all about the interview. And then I perform five songs during it, almost though like commercial breaks. We have <laughs> a vote on the songs so that they want us to get a long list of songs to vote on. And I take the top five songs that they vote on and we do a countdown. So the first commercial break is song number five. And then we whittle it down to the number one song. So I perform it and the, they're probably singing along from where they're at. But what's cool is that for those of the students who are doing this, they're at home. Okay. And most of them, some of the schools are, are, are plugging in too from school as well. But that means that the parents are watching and we have gotten even the parents involved. The parents have been asking questions with their uh, child right beside them. And not only that, it's become a great platform where the students actually give shout outs to their teachers. So you have to imagine there's, there'll be like a thousand students from different parts of the world all together at these concerts. And they're giving shout outs to their teachers and shout outs to their school. And it's recorded and they can watch it later. So they're, they're part of this show. It is, it's incredible. It's so, that's what I mean. Um, nothing can stop us as teachers. And I mean, the book is, is full of ideas and, and the, the webinars that I do and everything like that. It's, it's ever evolving. We're always, always adding more ideas, particularly for online learning. But uh, the landscape has changed and involving the parents is really exciting. And the, the quotes and the feedback we get from parents, of course, is amazing when they get to see the, the or hear their students, uh, hear their, their children, sorry, asking questions and being part of the show. So it's cool. Yeah. And I think you, that that's always been an important piece for me is getting parents involved. And the more that parents are involved, they, they know what is going on in class. I remember I would have the students do presentations because I did science and social studies. So they would do their science presentations in a group form. And I would send out an open invite to parents. My, my, my thing was my room was always open to parents at yep. any time. I would send out the invites and say, hey, you know, this class we're presenting, we would love for you to be there. It was amazing to see parents show up, even if it was just two. Sometimes we had five, sometimes we had six. But the fact that the parents were there and they were watching their son or daughter in a group or individually show a presentation. I mean, the look on their faces, the, I mean, of course, the, the, the kids would get a little bit nervous, but the parents were just so thankful and grateful. And then they would come in. They would stay for the rest of the class and they were there learning with us. And then they just go ahead and leave. And then next time we had a presentation, send an invite. Well, then all of a sudden when we had presentation days, parents would 
they like they started bringing in snacks. They're like, you know, we got some snacks nice. for the kids and so on. But you're getting the, it's the community involved, and I have often I've often felt that sometimes we exclude our parent community. They are part of our learning community, and sometimes I feel that we can do across the board we can do a better job at engaging parents and making them feel welcome not in our district, making them feel welcome in our schools, because I mean, it really, we, we are taking care of their children. They can feel comfortable coming in at any time and see what their, their child is doing and maybe come right along and, and sit with them or learn something. And I think once you start building that community, a lot of things can change a lot of positive things can come out from that. And I think that right now with distance learning, we do have a lot of parents that have had to stay home uh, to make sure that they take care of the kids. And now they're heavily involved in the in the education piece as well. And guess what? There, a lot of them are learning new digital literacy skills that they didn't Absolutely. know of before, new terms. So what I tell a lot of parents is like right now, the the what you're seeing, you're learning. And guess what? That helps you personally and professionally. But you're more than anything, I love that the parent is there involved with the students. Now, uh, you there are some, <laughs> sometimes you can have, you know, they call them helicopter parents. Some yes. of them have graduated to jet parents because they take it to a different level. But yeah. to me, I was like, okay, well, at least they're involved. They may be overly involved. So we need to kind of just stay, you know, let's kind of, you know, tone it down a bit and go through it. And, and you're going to deal with all sorts of personalities. But to me, I was like, you know, at least maybe at one time that parent wasn't involved and now they are. And to me, it's all about the family unit too, as well. And, and helping the students see that their parent also can be a valuable resource at home for learning. And it's just a partnership. And I, I love that. So parents, uh, thank you so much for everything that you guys are doing at home That's too, right. as well, because it cannot be easy at all. I mean, I know it's not easy for teachers, but for you parents, thank you so much. And for those teachers out there who are going, yeah, but I'm not a big fan of this teaching in a fishbowl thing. <laughs> uh, uh, just so you know, if you're interested, if you go to rockyourclass.com, just as chance would have it, the blog that I'm releasing uh, Monday is called teaching in a fishbowl. So it's actually going to talk about tips uh, about how to deal with that entire situation of teaching in a, in a, in a fishbowl. So you will see that very, very soon. Yeah. Uh, and so, yeah, your site right here, it's a rockyourclass.com. And yep. I, I have been putting the link out so everybody can go ahead and catch that. But I love your blogs because they're short, sweet, to the point, but very informative. And especially this one right here, the, your latest one, Rock Your Rules. Yeah. Is something that This is something that is amazing. I know for a lot of teachers, they do, okay, we're going to do our our contract or our classroom contract or rules and so on. But I mean, you just explain it just in such a way that is very easy to understand. And you give just your great, uh, your experience in it and so on. And, and I love the fact too, that you even say, Hey, what are your thoughts? Let me know. This is great. I mean, you're involving, of course, your teacher community in here as well. You're engaging them. You're learning, you're learning from each other. So it doesn't mean that you're making yourself just, hey, I'm the one and all expert here. It's like, hey, these are my thoughts. These are my experiences. How about you? What do you think? What have you done? And it just becomes that what I like to call hashtag PLF, that professional learning family. 
because that's mm -hmm. what we become. We become a family. And so this is great. So guys, I did put the link in into our chat. Check out the book too as well as you can find a summary of the book. You've got all the links where you can go ahead and find the book. I love the videos. The little videos are great. They give you an explanation of the book. Now, yeah. tell us a little bit more about your site, Etienne. I noticed here yeah. that, and I want to share, you do have some courses available. Can you tell us a little bit of what courses you have available here? So that's really, that's this is what I, I've loved. I love how everything has evolved from the time that the book came out. As soon as the book came out, um, teachers are going, you got to do an online course. You have to do an online course for the book. And I actually never knew that that's what happened in the world. I didn't know people did courses and things like that. Um, I'm used to doing PD like keynotes or going to conferences and things like that, and even virtually. Um, but so I, I, I did, I listened to everybody and I did it as asked. And what we did was we divided the book into three distinctive parts. Um, rock your classroom management is one and often missed. Uh, we don't talk enough about classroom management, but the perspective of it here is about getting the students so engaged that it's not about discipline issues. It's not about the rules and regulations. It's about having the class work together to learn to the, the fact that to the point, excuse me, that the management is is in the learning. Uh, rock your student engagement, specific ideas from the book. 10 chapters are, are uh, concentrated on in that one, six in the classroom management. And then the last one is rock your teacher toolbox, another 10 chapters from the book that we concentrate on. And what I've been doing, and it's really exciting, is I'm working with school districts from literally all over the world, and I am doing this PD Plus program, so Rock Your Class PD Plus program, and yeah, there it is. So when uh, when a, it could be just simply simply a school or individual teachers are signing up, or school districts are signing up, and what we're doing is we are going through live webinars, working through these courses together. I have my Rock Your Class checklist. Okay, that's where we start off, we bounce off from. And this checklist, if you go through it, you will be ready for the entire school year, no matter what you're going to be doing. Even if you have to switch from hybrid to online to in-class, doesn't matter. This checklist is awesome. So that's where we start with webinar number one, the live webinar number one. And then over the school year, we're going to be doing three others. So I'm with you the whole school year and those courses. <laughs> have open comment sections and teachers can share ideas. And, and it is, it's like a community of teacher rock stars because we are all teacher rock stars. So that is, yeah. that is amazing. That's wonderful. And I, you know, like you said, online, I'm a big online guy. I do anything that has a badge or a certificate. Like I'm always looking to yeah. always yeah. add to my teacher tool belt. And I think the way that you map this out, I mean, and don't get me wrong, there are other programs that are out there, but the way that I saw this mapped out, the way that you have your book broken up, like you said, it, it it is so easy to follow. I mean, it's it's very engaging. And one of the things that I wanted to touch on that I really enjoyed that you did mention about your book is the ability that, you know, how oftentimes teachers were always, we, we kind of need that just in time, you know, help or that support many times. So we'll go ahead and get on our devices and we'll find and, you know, go to edge Twitter, go to Facebook groups and so on. But what I love about your book is, if you said, you can go ahead and read the section and then scan the QR code and boom, just like magic, you've got on your device, you've got those lessons that are there already ready to rock and roll. And what I love is that you said, you know, th this is a lesson that as a good and effective teacher can take and say, okay, I can take this, mix it up with what I know, maybe at this piece, this other layer, do this and do that. 
Because like you said, at any time you can hit that reset button, we can mix it up, make it unique to what we need. And there you go. But it's there and it's ready to go. You're not starting from zero. You're, you're already like at a hero state right there because you already have that lesson mapped out for you. And I think that that's what I love that a lot of authors such as yourself and there are other books that are out there that are being just that are thinking about the teacher in mind and just oh. the ease of and, and how quickly they can access that information that with that QR code, it just really makes it easy and wonderful for all of us to uh, just get started. So that's what I love too as well. Man, this yeah. is amazing. <laughs> I was just gonna say the online courses, same thing, exactly what I grabbed two things. One from what you just said is um, I often joke in, in my webinars, I'm like, you are not alone. <laughs> so that is a very key thing to to what I what I what I my philosophy is. The other one is the ancient Roman Horace, who uh, the poet who came up with the uh, saying carpe diem. Um, mm -hmm. I talk about in my PD that he didn't say carpe diem. He said carpe diem, seize the PD, seize the opportunity, know that you're professional. Let's get ready to develop together. And what we did with these online courses is uh, because I have a production company and we, we do videos and, and things like that, we actually made the online courses extremely entertaining as well. So there's there as animated uh, characters throughout that just you'll be actually laughing as you're going through the, the stories and going through the PD. And there's distinctive parts to it. There is the inspection and reflection where we, we go through chapters together. I'm even in the courses and I'm reading them. If you want to watch me read and you want to read along with your book, but there's the creation and innovation part because I feel as a teacher, I don't know about, about you Fonz, but you've probably been to PD before where you're like, it's over and you're like, but I didn't get anything out of this yes. or there's nothing I have in my hands. So everything, through each one of those courses, and you get a certificate, 10 hours, six hours, and 10 hours certificate, respectively. And everything that we do, you're challenged to do a creation innovation stage where you take the ideas right there and we, we work on them and you make something that you can use the very next day in class. And there's over 50 different challenges throughout the courses where you can make things. It doesn't matter if you teach math, science, languages, doesn't matter what it is. It, it's, it's about channeling that passion using research-based uh, proven strategies that we know work and then bringing it to the students and having fun with it. And often, like we talked about before, involving the students in that process. In fact, the, the book and even in the webinars and the online courses, I, I tell people, you don't feel comfortable doing this? Have your students do it. And boom, it's <laughs> doubly, doubly good. So, there you yeah. go. That That is so wonderful and awesome because I agree with you oftentimes and that's actually something that uh, I'm studying right now in my dissertation is, uh, you know, professional learning networks and professional development, how oftentimes you do get those experts that come in, but they don't take into account, you know, your district demographics, your, uh, <laughs> you know, your makeup, and they've got, you know, this, this product or this solution that they come, but you're kind of left like, well, how does this fit in and so on? But I love what you, what you're doing is having that interactive piece that you Absolutely. learn that day. You can flip it, use it that right next day, or it's even student friendly. So, I mean, it's a win-win, like you said, and that's wonderful because we definitely need to see a lot more of that type of PD. So if you're out there, guys that are doing PD, this is definitely the way to go. You know, things are changing. So let's yep. do something that's very interactive, uh, such as what Etienne is doing. And so I'm really excited. I'm, I'm, I'm really so pumped up, honestly. Like, 
you know, it's great to hear your stories and just to hear the way you you fell into teaching, but just fell in love. And now you're what you're doing is something that is so valuable to many educators that are out there. And I thank you seriously from the bottom of my heart, what you're doing for all educators, because it's not an easy time right now and education is ever evolving, but we need more people that are, you know, passionate just as you are innovative and just still being able to take the normal pedagogical practices and just adding an additional layer of innovation, creativity, but still keeping it simple with all teachers in mind. So guys definitely rock your class, get the book, follow Etienne on Twitter, follow at rock your class on Twitter as well. Now Etienne real quick, before we end the show, Yep. Uh, a little birdie told me that there was a famous, uh, I guess, singer, pop singer that has sung one of your songs before. Uh, is that true? Can you tell us yeah. who it is? <laughs> yeah. Uh, Justin Bieber is, a, is, is, I guess, a fan of ATN. Um, so that's me. Sorry. I always talk about ATN in third person because <laughs> I, I, I think it's I, it's still surreal to me, even after 28 years of of winning awards doing all the things that i get to do or whatever all mm-hmm. these albums later and touring i just like look at it that's not me is it that's that's crazy <laughs> but yeah um so i i didn't know but uh it was actually one of my own personal students that i teach who told me about it. hey sir do you know that justin bieber um sings your songs on, on youtube and i'm like no he doesn't <laughs> <laughs> and uh then she was like yeah no you should check it out and so there he was yeah the the one video that's uh still out there on youtube he was on a um really famous like a jimmy kimmel type tv show in france and uh, he was in a, in a section called what that question where celebrities have to answer questions from, from uh, fans and so the fans asked they said can you sing your sing your favorite french song sing a french song and uh, he started busting out singing one of mine. So that was uh, that was quite an honor. That's awesome. So thanks, baby. <laughs> that is awesome. Well, I mean, like I said, like right here, the you know, accidental rock star becomes an accidental author. I, yeah. it, it just fits. It, it's perfect. And like I said, I, I really love your passion. Thank you so much, Etienne, for being here this this morning here with us all the way over here down here in Texas and all the way where you're from. Nice. But I know that all our listeners and all our audience members and those that will hear the replay and they'll listen to the podcast are definitely going to get pumped up. And I'm really excited for what they will learn from this. And hopefully if they do get your book, which I do highly recommend, please, you know, it's going to be something that is amazing. And just a couple of takeaways is teachers, like Etienne said, it's hit that reset button. Don't be scared to hit that reset button. Sometimes it's something that's necessary. It doesn't make you any less of an expert. doesn't make you any less of a teacher. It just shows it's just us, you know, that's the reality of it. Hit that reset button and just, uh, you know, take it a different route and come back to it and, and just keep going. And I know it's not easy, but thank you guys for everything that you're doing. And before we go, ladies and gentlemen, I just wanted to share with you that we have our new podcast page up here on pod page. So you will be able to hear this show later on. Once I post it, it'll be here. You've got all our episodes are here. We've got some blog posts here. If you'd like to go ahead and shop and visit our online store, we've got our new online merch for my EdTech life. And I tell you this sweater here, it's a fleece sweater. Feels like my grandma has been hugging me all morning long. So it is so soft. You can go ahead and check it out in our online shop. 
And of course, you've got all the links up here that you can go ahead and check out all our social media and it'll take you and connect you to our Twitter, our Instagram, our Facebook page, YouTube, and LinkedIn channel also as well. So stop by, visit with us. We are excited. Thank you so much, everybody, for all of your support. And I am going to drop that link in here so you guys can go ahead and check out our amazing shows. And again, Etienne, I know I've said this probably like three times. I'm one of those that, and it's in our culture here. It's like in our culture, just to give you a heads up and maybe if you're familiar with it or not, or maybe it is somewhere else. But here in our culture, here in South Texas and growing up in a Hispanic family, it's uh, when we're ready to leave, it's usually like another 30 minutes before we leave because we'll say, hey, thank you for, oh, it was great. You know, thank you so much. Yeah. And then we'll start talking and then, hey, great, thank you. So I think you just experienced a little bit about here, our South Texas love culture, it. but it. it's awesome. So I love it. Thank you so much for being here. And please, uh, I'm going to go ahead and sign off here, but just hang around, Mr. Etienne. That way we can go ahead and keep chatting. Guys, thank you so much for joining us this morning and making us part of your morning, maybe making us part of your day as you listen to us on another time. But thank you again from the bottom of my heart for all your support as the show continues to grow. It's all because of you. And I'm excited for all the guests that we have coming up because we truly are a professional learning family. And as you know, I always say the, the, the purpose of Maya Tech Life is to connect educators one show at a time. So we'll see you guys next Saturday. Y'all take care and enjoy.